Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Pod Extra, bringing you the latest energy market developments in these unprecedented COVID-19 times. We're back after a small break and in this second series, we're aiming to focus on what the world looks like after we get out of this coronavirus crisis. Joining me, Richard Sverison, today is Wayne Bryan of Refinitiv. A warm welcome to you, Wayne, and welcome back. Good morning, Richard, and uh, yeah, always good to be back. Excellent. Wayne, I thought we'd talk a little bit. We could start off talking about uh, what's happening in the market at the moment, particularly where, where are prices heading at the moment? We still depend on, if we're looking at TTF day ahead, it's, I mean, this morning, it's still still floating around the five and a half euro mark. And I think we're going to see it remain uh, around this mark in the short term. Similar story, uh, UK day has actually recovered quite considerably. It was, at, I think, eight and a half pence uh, over a week ago. Today, it's around 14 pence. We've seen a little bit of support there. And also on the front month contracts and front quarter contracts, we're seeing a bit of an increase. I think what we're seeing is in certain countries, we're seeing a ramp up now in some industrial production. I think several car factories have opened in Spain, Germany and Italy. So we are are seeing a slight recovery in demand, which is probably reflected in what we're seeing further along the curve. But to be fair, if you you think back over the last few weeks, the levels we've been at have been at record lows. So upside uh, we're seeing isn't really a big surprise. However, we're we're still, we must be aware that a lot of this upside, uh, there's a lot of potential headwinds still ahead the landscape continues to change every day. The financial markets have have gone back into sell-off mode from last Friday. I think there was a bit of a, people got a bit carried away in terms of a few few easing of the lockdown. And now we've got Trump blaming China uh, or saying they have evidence that the actual uh, virus came from the lab in Wuhan. And Q stock markets, again, we've now adding geopolitical risk as well as economic concerns. So <laughs> there's a lot going on at the moment. One of the main headwinds then, Wayne, could be that uh, the threat of a trade war. Is that that is that kind of re-emerging here? Yeah, it's in the world, threat of a new. You remember last year, this was an ongoing concern. Um, so it's now the threat of a new US-China trade war. The sort of words from both sides uh, hasn't been too friendly Last night, I think Mike Pompeo was talking about it as well and saying they have evidence, etc. So it's not really great for sentiment in the current environment. So I think the markets are reacting. Not only to that as well, we've seen some of the, the dismal numbers we're seeing as we now start to get a realisation as some form of social distancing measures are going to be in play for uh, to at least the end of the year, if not longer, depending on what industry we're looking at. So yeah, a lot of headwinds remain. What are your expectations of the recovery? I mean, do you, we hear talk of a U or a V or a W? What alphabetical letter have you chosen, uh, Wayne? Well, my name's Wayne, so I think W makes sense. I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be yeah. uh, quite volatile. I saw someone talking about eye recovery, and there's been there's been very different. But I said a week or so ago that I think this stock market rally was getting a bit ahead of itself because there's still so many concerns, and no matter how much money central banks throw it this problem. For me, the problem is when we do start seeing some modicum of recovery, what about the man on the street and his spending power? So no matter how much you prop up these businesses, how about the guy on the street whose income has been affected? I think I saw a number the other day, I think it was about global um, employment. And I think they're saying over 2 million people, jobs could be affected by this. And when you think of it like that, I mean, that's a lot of people, that's a lot of spending. So 
for me, that's going to be the big concern is, is, is where the sort of man in the street and his actual spending power is going to affect these businesses, no matter how much you prop them up. They, they need sales. And I think, yeah, in ter- terms of that global w- working population, there's about 3.3 billion in total. And at the moment, with the Labour organisation has warned that half of that is a danger. So 1.6 billion people are in immediate danger of having their lives destroyed. And this came from an economics writer. So that it's a big concern. And that's going to feed into demand. I mean, if we're not seeing demand from the consumer, then in terms of production, I mean, where's that demand going to be? Exactly. That was sort of leads me on to the next question here, Wayne. I was going to ask you about uh, the return of the demand. Would, do you think we'll ever get back to pre-COVID-19 times or how long do you think that could take? It depends. You see a lot of different companies forecasting this, but I think the airline industry is quite telling because that drives a lot of demand in other areas. And I think you saw the over the weekend, Warren Buffett liquidated all his stocks in airlines, which is quite a big move. And he had a few choice words around that as well. So I've read a year and a half, two years, or we may not get to these these levels. It just depends on on how we come out of this. I think the length of it as well is 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 key. There's so many different estimates about, it. and I think the vaccine is obviously uh, the key to this. Uh, once we have a vaccine, I think people will be able to return to normal. But I think psychologically as well, people are not going to want to travel as much. You probably see more traveling within countries. I know in the UK, they're talking a lot more about people having staycation. Some people won't want to fly anymore, or at least their confidence in flying is, is not going to recover for a while yet. So I'm, I'd say anyone's guess, but that's not the right answer. But I just still see at least 12, 12 months of pain ahead, lessening degree, of course, as we move through the months. But again, there could be a second wave. I mean, there's so much uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it changes almost daily, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about demand and that will be slow to pick up. We've got maybe 12 months of pain ahead, as you say. But, you know, what Norway and Russia are doing in terms of flows and also are we seeing, you know, shut-ins from US LNG? Uh, in terms of uh, supply, Norwegian flows have been quite, quite have been quite robust to the continent, but we've seen the cut that we talked about, as we said before, and we still stand by this six euro uh, megawatt hour floor, uh, we saw prices recover from that back towards that level. But we saw Norway's flows to the UK fell to about 10 MCM, uh, which is close to minimum capacity, I think. Um, Also, we've seen strong exports from the UK uh, into Europe. I think we've got around 38 MCM a day, book for May, compared to 16 book for April. So that gives you an indication on the UK side how strong supply is. There is quite a bit of maintenance this month. Then we've got flags from the 7th till 24th, 25th. But again, LNG send out is actually slowing a little bit. Isle of Grain, we haven't seen any cargoes, um, haven't seen any send out from there over the last few days. But we still see uh, LNG around 73 MCM a day next month. And in terms of shut ins, we did see some cancellation of cargoes. For June, and as we we said before, we always saw a lot of most of the U.S. production is actually uh, already hedged and sold on long-term contracts. Around ninety percent of it, we did see the ten percent of the distressed cargoes perhaps being shut in, and we're seeing signs of that now with uh, cancellations in June. So, what are your expectations for prices for the rest of the rest of the year? Do you think we'll have a slowly tick up? Or it's a hard one for the rest of the year because I, I mentioned that as we we spoke about this ever-changing landscape and. All of a sudden, if lockdowns get eased, surprisingly, and things get back to normal quicker, then the price impact will be, you know, we're there to see a continuation of the current situation and prices 
are just going to be trading range round and sideways. And I think what we need to do is see where we are in a few months, because don't forget storage levels as well. Uh, storage levels could be full by the end of July, uh, sort of August. Currently. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, uh, Wayne, on that note, um, we'll have to invite you back uh, in a few months and see, see where we are then. Thanks very much for, for joining the Montel Special Pod. You're welcome. Take care and have a good day and stay safe. Yeah, you too, Wayne. Thank you. All the best. Thank you. Well, listeners, that's all for today. Uh, remember to tune in every day at 5 o'clock CET on covid19.montelnews.com via the Montel website and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please remember to tune into the Montel Weekly as well every Friday, where we'll be bringing you all the relevant energy market news and updates. Thank you. Bye.